the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast, proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everell from the PGA Tour. We're going to play 18 holes, making 18 bets going back and forth. A little match play for the final full field event of the 2022 calendar year on the PGA Tour, the RSM Classic. Before we get there, Benny... I uh, just want to review a little bit from this past weekend. Tony Finau cruises to a four-shot victory that probably could have been an eight-shot victory if he really wanted it to. I am very, very, very bullish on Tony Finau for 2023 in some big-time events now that he has seemingly gotten over that learning curve and figured out how to win on a Sunday afternoon. It was just another epic performance by one player in the field. We had, obviously, Russell Henley do the same at Mayakoba sort of gap the rest and and Tony Finau he just refused to let anyone else have a have a sniff didn't he in, in this tournament there in Houston and for so long we said he couldn't you know he was one of the players that might not be able to get it done in the, in the clutch or, or or power through to victories and what is it now three in his last seven I mean this guy yes. is um clearly he's over that little bit of the hump um look they're not they're not majors they're not the players they're not like the the uh you know, designated events that we might see in the new year. But you know what? They're victories. And when it comes to any sort of um, experience in that in that sort of arena, it can only help going forward. So, yeah, look, I expect we might see Tony Finau's name up inside the top five of some massive events uh, in 2023. Yeah, I am usually not a big-time futures better when it comes to golf, Benny, just because you never know. A guy falls out of form, yeah. a guy... Uh, isn't playing his best golf, maybe has an injury, whatever it might be. But Tony Finau for 25 to 1 at the Masters five months from now. I, look, I could see him getting a little bit shorter than that. I've said here on the pod that like Rory McIlroy right now, there's no point in getting a futures bet on him because I don't think he's getting that much shorter between now and the time we get to Masters week. Tony Finau at 25 to 1, I could see him being 15 to 1, 18 to 1 by the time April rolls around. 35 to 1 for the U.S. Open, LACC your adopted hometown of Los Angeles yeah. next June. Remember, he almost won in L.A. at Riviera last year, got pipped in a playoff by Max Homa. Um, other than Matt Fitzpatrick on a shorter golf course at the Country Club this year, look at the last six players or so that have won U.S. Opens. Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Gary Woodland, Bryson DeChambeau. What do they all have in common? Big, strong dudes that can muscle it out of the rough. Who's bigger and stronger than Tony Finau? At 35 to 1, looking ahead to next June, I know it's a long way away. I know we're trying to bankroll everything for football season, everything else we got going on. Tony Finau, looking ahead to next year's US Open, could be a very smart play. Yeah, for sure, mate. And I think, like, you, I think BetMGM also has him at, what, 2,800 for the Players' Championship, uh, if you want to look further ahead. And um, I know that BetMGM will put up, and most weeks actually have a, FedEx Cup market and Finau's sort of getting some points early there with that 500. So there's a top list, obviously, with your Rory's, your JT's, Scheffler, et cetera, that, that are at the top of that board. Uh, but there's definitely some some value as you go further down. And Finau's in that sort of middle range 
for the for the season long effort as well um, that will provide some value against those likes of Ram, Cantlay, you know, etc. So definitely have a look around and look at that value that you might still be able to get, as you said, because he looks like he could have a massive, massive 23. Yeah, all right. Let's move ahead to the RSM Classic at Sea Island. They played two golf courses over the first two days, the Seaside and the Plantation. Little strange we'll get into it, especially for first-round leader bets. The Seaside is a par 70. The Plantation's a par 72. The weekend rounds are all played on the Seaside, but for first-round leader bets, it gets a little sort of tricky uh, trying to figure out. There's basically going to be two different boards, and uh, one player could be – nine under at one golf course and be two better than a player who's nine under on the other golf course. And so, like I said, it gets a little strange, but uh, we'll get into it in just a second as we play our 18 holes. As a reminder, the links and locks podcast is proudly presented by bet three, six, five, the world's favorite sports book brand sign up with promo code action, a C T I O N to get bet three, six, fives exclusive sign up offer in New Jersey and Colorado bet $1 on any game, get $200 free all right benny playing 18 holes i don't know if we're playing the seaside or the plantation but uh <laughs> we are on the tee you may swing away look yeah. i'll try to keep you in play with the first pick i'm going to go with my first outright pick as i always do on the first hole uh, i'm going to go with a former champion and a national player from a little north of most of our listeners there in canada uh, but Mackenzie hughes is pretty decent value around 50 to 1 i believe where he at a place where he won in 2016 Six weeks since he won at Sanderson Farms to start his uh, a big season this year. Uh, top 25s in his last four. Uh, it was also second last year here at RSM. Uh, so I, I really like uh, the value that you can get at Mackenzie Hughes around 50 to 1 in, in most books. I expect him to be a very popular play this week. It's almost one of those like, it's too easy. He's won here in the mm-hmm. past and he's playing really good golf right now at 50 to 1. I, I think he'll be... Very popular. I'll start out the second hole with a long shot outright where I thought this guy would be about half the price that he is, especially coming off a title contention in his most recent start. Hatton Kazire got into the penultimate yeah. pairing on Sunday afternoon in the final round of the Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba. Didn't have his best stuff on Sunday, finished in a share of 10th place, but I thought he'd be right around 75 to 1. The odds came out and he was 150 to one. This is a guy who, uh, like so many of the guys we target at Sea Island, it's a guy that went to an SEC school that likes putting on Bermuda, that has spent many, many days and nights at uh, Sea Island. I believe he's a Sea Island guy. If he doesn't live there, he lives not too far away. 150 to one. Again, it's just, it's not a, hey, put everything on desire outright this week. I'll have a few more outrights as we move on but that's just a big number for an outright play for me oh mate well then i'll shuffle the decks here because my <laughs> long shots for later he was one of the two but i'll go the third hole Patton because said oh, there's two guys again that have got some history in the area and or at the event that i just saw the number and thought if you're gonna throw a sneaky one or two units somewhere um to try to cash big uh, that popped out and, and sort of leaped at me. And now look, because I was the one that I had there at 150, and I had a guy at 200. Now, granted, this one I'm going to mention, terrible form currently. Hasn't had a top 10 on tour since the Valspar in March, but a mm. former winner not that long ago, Robert Streb. The Strebber, like it's, this is the type of course, because I said the Sea Island Mafia, they call them the guys that were there a lot. They just pop up and play well. 
you know, it's almost like they're hitting around with their mates or whatever else. It's it's definitely a spot where horses for courses uh, comes into effect. And, you know, I don't think you can discount any of the sort of previous history for players here. Um, you know, it's not a bomber's course. You've got to, you've got to have your approach, grab your accuracy, and you've got to put the dots off it for a couple of days, right? At least three or four days. You're going to have to really put the ball. Uh, and look, Streber's in terrible form, but at 200 to one for a unit or two, a guy that could easily you know, contend, finish in the top 10, and then not be seen again for six months. Oh, I liked it. Two-time winner of this event. Actually, Michael Collins mm-hmm. gave me a good little trivia question when we were doing our SiriusXM PGA Tour radio show earlier today on Monday afternoon. And uh, among the top three in the career money list uh, for this event is Kevin Kisner, who has a win back in 2016, I believe, and has played so well on so many different occasions. Webb Simpson, who seemingly plays well here every single year. He's got five top tens and 10 starts. And the third man of that top three is indeed Robert Streb, who's won here twice. Nothing else better than 25th. But when you're playing outrights and you're playing long shots, I'll take the all or nothing. I'll take the high ceiling, low floor, as opposed to the guy Mm -hmm. who finishes in the top 10 every single week. So I think that's a pretty smart play by you. Let's get to the fourth hole. Uh, I'm going to have, as I mentioned, a lot of long shots. We haven't quite seen long shot season happened here in the fall so far benny there have been eight events seven of the winners everyone except for Mackenzie hughes yep. has been 35 to one or shorter that could change this week because in the last six years at the rsm classic nobody has won from shorter than 40 to one and three of the six winners have been 150 to one or bigger so i mentioned Patton Kazire, mm-hmm. you mentioned robert streb that said i do want to get a few plays that are a little bit more conservative. And so I'm going to start uh, here with a pair of top five plays, uh, two guys that I've already made a few DFS lineups and they are uh, going to be in pretty much all of my DFS lineups, uh, or at least most of them. Denny McCarthy, Matthew Neesmith, two guys who are tailor-made for these two golf courses, shorter courses, Bermuda greens, get it on the green, roll it into the hole. Uh, I've got them for, Top fives at right around plus seven hundred, plus seven fifty for each guy. Again, I, I love you thinking. I, I did forget to mention that about the long shots getting up here um, and being sort of the trend, which goes against, as you mentioned, the trend of the tour at the moment. Uh, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll talk about Neesmith now while I can as well because I have him down for a potential first round leader play. And as you mentioned earlier, we have to keep in mind. I don't know which course he's playing on yet first. And make sure that um, if you are going to get on, you're you're on a place where uh, either they separate the two courses, uh, otherwise you could find yourself on a guy on the harder course and and be in trouble. But yeah, look, he's got some good momentum, Matt Neesmith. I'm looking for somewhere to put him. um, So I could sprinkle across. Top five is definitely something you could look at. I mean, he's been inside the top 30, um, I think three times, uh, which makes him a sort of a great uh, mid-tier uh, player across the board so he was slated in my book here for first round leader but I'm not opposed to putting him in uh, you know win top five top 10 top 20 plays as well that's a good bet mate. I'm going to back you in on that yeah you mentioned first round leader plays so last year just to sort of unravel this thing a little bit uh, Sebastian Munoz was the first round leader on the seaside course he shot a 10 under 60 uh, you got to go low you can't pick a guy that's yeah. going to shoot mid 60s and expect to cash a ticket with this one that said zach johnson shot a nine under 61 he was one shot back but 
the players on the plantation course, a par 72, I believe it was Scott Stallings and Mackenzie Hughes, shot nine under 63. They led from the plantation course. I would assume, like you said, Benny, most books will have two different odds boards for first-round leader. Uh, again, we are recording on Monday night. Tea times come out on Tuesday, so we're flying blind a little bit here. But for the sixth hole, I will go with my one of my first-round leader plays, whichever course he winds up on. Will Gordon has been very good in yeah. his return to the PGA Tour so far, and especially good on Thursdays. He has a scoring average of 66.5 on Thursdays in six starts. Not like he's just made two starts. He's made six starts. A few weeks ago, started with a 62 at Mayakoba. I believe he had the first-round lead there. I think he can certainly do it again. Look, I, I like him for all four rounds. I think uh, the better investment this week is for a first-round leader play on Will Gordon. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, look, Will's been sort of threatening, hasn't he? He's one of those guys that you could see catch a win uh, sometime in the next sort of three, yeah. four months, and this no doubt could be it. Um, but I'll give you a top five that was a guy that sort of – I was looking at as the long shots and also as outrights, uh, Aaron Rye. Uh, now, look, Aaron Rye for top five is about 1,100, so pretty decent value there. Um, he was 16th last year in his debut um, as a, like, just crisp ball-striking genius about a year ago was playing. And then last week in Houston, I think he was uh, seventh or roundabout there, and he led the field in strokes gained around the green. Now, both... Um, approach and around the green have statistically been very important at this event. Of course, as I said earlier, you've also got a putt pretty decent, but just sort of trending in the right direction that I feel like he could be one that comes out of nowhere again in that sort of sprinkle across the long shot um, top five, top tens for the value. Um, Aaron Rye also has played well in the past in the DP World Tour, for those who don't know him. Played pretty decent in Vegas when I was watching him uh, live uh, a couple of weeks back. So I like the look of Aaron Rye. Eighth hole, I'm going to go to a guy that I've been mentioning a lot recently. I really like his game. He's eighth on the PGA Tour in strokes gained on approach shots. And that is Nick Hardy. Nick Hardy playing some nice golf. He's already got uh, one top 10 finish. I'm going to play him for a top 10 here. He's got two other top 25s in his last four starts. And so he's running hot. Uh, for him, it's all about the putter. If the putter can get going, he is going to score and he's going to be up there on the leaderboard. I, I like playing him for a top 10. This guy... Benny, he's 175 in the official world golf ranking. I would be shocked if by the end of the season, he is in half that number. I, I mean, he should be <laughs> at least in the top 80 or 90, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the top 50 before too long. So uh, Nick Hardy, this is a short-term play for a top 10 this week, but long-term, keep an eye on this kid. He's uh, He's got a lot of game, and he's going to have a very good season. Love it. Love it, mate. Love it. The old hard stuff. All right, let me go to my bias and go a top 40 play with uh, a bit of down under spirit added to it. I uh, saw the number, plus 350 for Aaron Badley to be in the top 40. And Badley is usually a genius with the putter, uh, has many a year been the best putter on tour before obviously uh, falling into sort of the Monday qualifier past champion status uh, of his career where he needs to get in uh, most weeks. This week he gets in without having to go through any sort of qualification. He showed some promise uh, of of late. Now, look, 
His best result at RSM over the years is 40th. So it's not like he's a genius on these two courses. I have to be honest, there's the last five years he played there, he missed three cuts. Um, but just having had a little chat with him recently, just having uh, seen how at ease he is as a human, even though he's got 700 kids running around, Aaron Bradley, I think, can be a person that you can look at in that top 40 market with good value. I mean, how often do you get 350 for a four-time winner on the tour? Um, or, you know, it's it's hard to get that. Tell you what, you Australians can pump them out. Between J-Day and Bats, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a lot of young kids running around all the time. Um, <laughs> tough to get in your practice hours for that. But, I, by the way, I I love Bads. Great dude. I hadn't seen him in a while. I popped up on my TV screen a few weeks ago, I think in Bermuda. Uh, they're just the showing him I'm like, what the – like, I, he – he looks like he's inherited the body of my man, Andre Gonzalez. I mean, he's got the long flowing <laughs> air. He's maybe put on a couple of pounds, but he looks like he's just bigger. I mean, it's just, and that's not necessarily, that's not even like a, oh, yeah, it's all, you know, like he's, you know, I'm not saying he's overweight or he just looks like a bigger <laughs> dude. Like he's got muscle, he's got, weight dad tool, he's got hair. I, he just looks different. You're giving him the Jesus dad bod. I'm going to tell it. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good dude, Bads. And yeah, like I wish him well. You're right. Look, I think it's, oh, Jesus, it's six or seven kids now. Unbelievable. Um, really cool. Mrs. Obviously, uh, Rochelle, his wife, is uh, pretty stout to look after that me, that that sort of a tribe. But um, she's given him the all clear this fall to get out and get amongst it. And I know he really wants to make this week count, is what I'm saying. So look, I just think 350 for a top 40. Yeah. For a guy who usually can get hot with the putter. I liked it. I've got a top 40 play at plus 350 as well. I'll give that to you. In just a second. By the way, the Jesus dad bod? Tell, tell him I said more <laughs> Jesus than dad. It's just 5149. I don't know how we split that up. Will do. <laughs> uh, before we get to the back nine, as a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 for free we get to the 10th tee i am on the tee and uh as you mentioned aaron Baddeley for a top 40 at plus 350 i'm going to take another guy of uh just about the same era at least i don't know if they're the same age exactly but uh jonathan bird who's still got no. some game you go back and look at the results and like he can still play he doesn't get into a whole lot of events and so he's not getting a whole lot of reps right now but uh the history is pretty solid at Sea Island, nothing special. You know, he hasn't won. He hasn't really contended, but, you know, a handful of really good, consistent events. On any given week, this is a guy who go out there and finish, you know, like I said, top 40. I mean, you you don't need much. You only need to beat about a third of the field this week. And so um, he's a guy that I certainly think can do it. Are there better plays? Are there more conservative, cautious plays for a top 40? Absolutely. I can can sit here and rattle off a bunch of guys that are minus 120, to hit a top mm-hmm. 40 and cash a ticket for you, if that's what you're looking to do. Benny and I have both given you uh, bigger number plays, guys from the bottom of the board. So he's got Baddeley, I like Bird. Uh, why don't you just parlay them together? Have them both finish T37 yeah. this week and cash a big ticket. Yeah, and then take us out for a hamburger or something. That'd be good. I lost dinner to uh, dinner bet to Collins on our show, and I yep. – Said afterwards, I I hadn't thought about that. Do I have to go to dinner with you? Can I just like DoorDash <laughs> it and send it to your house? I don't want to eat with you. <laughs> That's the real loss. Yeah, the real loss is you had to go out with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna throw you a top twenty. 
Uh, just a guy I like that's um, it looks to be trending towards potentially uh, making his name a little bit more obvious uh, on those PGA Tour leaderboards. He was fourth last week uh, behind uh, dominant Finau in Alex Smalley. He also was T11 in Bermuda a couple of weeks before that. Uh, he's five for six making the cut this season. In three, I think, top 25s now. Trending, I hate using that word sometimes, but trending in the right direction, Alex Smalley. Um, there was a little bit of value there, plus 275 for a top 20. So, yeah, just one I'm keeping an eye on uh, coming up in the in the early part of next year as well, Alex. Very underrated rookie season. We saw so many mm-hmm. guys from Cameron Young, of course, Davis Riley, Sahith Figala, Mito Pereira. I'm sure I'm missing a few in there as well. And so Alex Smalley had a really nice rookie campaign this past season and sort of went under the radar just because of all these other young guys that are playing really yep. well. So I like that. I am going with, in the 12th hole, a top 20 that's the ultimate chalky value narrative play. <laughs> I mean, you want to take a walk down narrative street? How about this one? Davis Thompson's dad, Todd, is the tournament director of the RSM yes. Classic. I mean, how does it get any better yeah. than that? I had him on the radio show, I don't know, at some point earlier this year, and I asked him how many times he's played the Sea Island courses, and he just laughed. He goes, well, I like, all like, yes, uh, like as many times as you can count. He's like, I don't know how many I like, you know, how many times have you taken breaths in the last two days? I, you know, I, I played them all the time. And so, uh, Davis Thompson's playing some really good golf on the PGA Tour in his rookie season right now. Top 20 in a place that he knows as well as anybody else, where he's going to have a ton of support plus 350. Decent number. Like I said, I would be surprised. You mentioned Mackenzie Hughes off the top, and I said, yeah, it's going to be a really popular one. I would be surprised if by the end of the week, by the time we get to Thursday morning, there aren't an absolute ton of people on Davis Thompson. I can see him being one of the uh, more highly owned players uh, in DFS this week as well. And you're you're showing me the card. You've got something written there, Benny. What you got? <laughs> yeah, well, I have Davis Thompson down as one of my top 10 players at double the odds you just mentioned. Same thing. Yeah. I was trying to get the, uh, the little bit extra squeeze out of the juice, the lemon there. I've got down Thompson as the sort of larger number if you want to go for a top 10. And my smaller number is Seamus Power uh, at plus 350 for a top 10. Uh, look, he's on another surge, of course. You know, he was he's had the victory and he was T3 in Mexico. He leads the FedEx Cup at the moment. I think he's going to keep that form going uh, in terms of uh, playing well. Uh, I think he can potentially contend for the win. He was fourth here a year ago. Yeah, I just don't see any reason why he, he'll come off the gas. Um, so I think Seamus Power is someone you can't sort of ignore. Just say, look, I'm not going to mention Tony Finau in any of my bets, just so that you guys know that. But I doesn't think I don't, don't think he can win. Can't win, sorry. I just, the number is low. Um, and as you guys know, I usually wait for those early favourites to fall back, potentially after a shootout in the first round or something like that. So um, that doesn't mean I don't think Tony Finau can win this thing. Clearly he's in great form. Just like I, but I think that form will carry on for Seamus Power. So Power and Thompson were my two looks in for the top 10 market this week. Good to the 14th hole. Speaking of Finau, uh, look, nothing against Tony, nothing against Russell Henley, who won two weeks ago. Those were snoozers. I, I, they played too well. They, they lapped the field. And by the time they got yeah. to the back nine on Sunday afternoon, the, the, the entire tournament was devoid of any drama or entertainment because we knew the conclusion. Uh, before it was even over. And so I'm going with a little karma play here. I usually don't like these kind of props, Benny, but I feel like the fans, I feel like the golfing public 
in general is due for a good one. Three-man playoffs coming on the heels of a couple of four-shot wins. Three-man playoffs, 11-1 to this week. Why not? Look, I I don't know. There's no necessarily data or analytics to to figure out one of these. It's just sort of law of averages, I guess, which isn't really a thing. But I don't know. We've seen two guys win going away the last two weeks. I don't see it happening for a third time. So instead, let's play the complete opposite of that and have uh, a few different guys going against each other in a playoff come Sunday afternoon. All right. I love it. I love the contrarian view. So I'm going to throw one up then. I don't usually like to fade guys etc in matchups but i'm looking for something one of the guys you said we'll see a lot of mckenzie hughes i believe i think thompson will come in as well one guy that i know will be popular here um because of his past form there is the man you sort of mentioned before in kevin kisner now i'm going to potentially move him the other way this Mm. week and i'll tell you why i hear that he's just made a recent coach change from his long-term john tillery friend to justin parsons who is there at Sea Island, um, a great guy, Justin Parsons. I, I hear it was amicable the the potential split between him and his long term coach. However, I'm not sure that players who make those changes can just jump in that same week and and do great. So while I expect he'll be a very popular play because of um, his connections to Sea Island, there's a chance that Kiz is just you know feeling things out this week as he makes that switch. Um, to change things up and try to get his game back to its absolute best. So, um, yeah, a little bit of news that I'm uh, hearing. Uh, I haven't got it directly from Kisner's mouth yet. Um, so please, if I turn out to be a moron in two days' time, uh, that's <laughs> that could be the case. But uh, look, yeah, I'm pretty good authority that, that there's a little bit of a change there going. And a completely amicable one, by the way. Um, long-term friends, Kisner and John Tillery. Um, to nothing of untoward of that matter. But just, yeah, I think it might be a chance to essentially get against, get other guys matched up against kids um, that might, you might get some value. Very, very interesting. That's one that uh, we're going to mm. keep an eye on. But yeah, interesting news there that I, I agree with you. I'm not playing a guy, whether it's Kevin Kisner or whether it's anybody else who's just split from a longtime coach and is maybe working on a couple of new things right away. Uh, maybe long term, you like looking at them for three, four, five months down the road. Absolutely not right away, though. Okay, getting to the 16th hole. And this is a week where, uh, like I said, we've seen some long shots win here at the RSM Classic over the years. Last six editions of this event, nobody shorter than 40 to 1 has won here. And so I'm going to going to dot the card up a little bit this week and two other outright plays. And if you want to play them for top fives, top tens, I can see that as well. But just a couple other guys that I will have at some part uh, on some part of the card, Davis Riley, who whose odds over the last handful of months have jumped all over the place. He was way too short in some really good fields. Then he was way Mm -hmm. too long in some inferior fields. Now he's back (laughs) to, ah, it's an okay field and he's playing decent and the odds are probably about where they should be. He's right around 50 to 1 in the marketplace. Uh, like I said, coming off a couple of weeks where he's starting to show some form. Didn't seriously contend, but he's showing that form. Wouldn't surprise anybody if Davis Riley wins on this t- type of track. And then the second guy, look, if you like Sepp Straka, and you know a little bit about Sepp, which is, oh, he's got that European flag next to his name. But man, he's got a southern accent, and he plays really well on Bermuda <laughs> Greens. Steven Jaeger is sort of cut from the same cloth. Steven Jaeger's guy that has that German flag next to him, but he grew up in the South and he's played a million different courses with Bermuda greens. And this should fit him as well. He's 80 to one this week. And like I said, just sprinkle those guys around a little bit. Yeah, I can see it. 
Parkin said, all right, we've come to that point where I've got to give you my outright, my uh, top pick on the top of the mm. board, the 17th hole. I'm going to rattle off a couple of recent finishes for this um, this person. T8, T11, T21 and T16, 14 rounds under 70 in this time. Uh, it was T12 two years ago at the RSM. Didn't cash for me last week. I'm going back to the down under board. Jason Day, I'm going to go one more time. Jason Day at about 22 to 25 to 1, depending on where you look. Uh, I think that Jason is trending again, like I mentioned last week. I think he can finally put it together at some point. Will he be a little bit gassed? Possibly. He could be a little bit tired. He doesn't usually play this much golf ball in a row, but I'm a little biased. And it was his birthday last week, and he had a lot going on. He still played well. He tells me he's going to give it his all and then take some obviously obvious time off after that. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to give him one more crack while we can get him at half-decent uh, odds. Another guy, though, definitely to look at post-round one. And here's the biggest reason that you should lock him in. I've picked him in the PGA Fantasy game. You know, we get three times we get to pick oh, yeah. him each section. I'm out of starts. So <laughs> I'm going to want to start him. I can't. So he'll now go on and win. So that's, that's it from the horse's mouth. Look, look, I do also like, I haven't mentioned him at all in here. I think, you know, there's some guys at the top of the board or near the top, like Tom Hoagie you should look at. Uh, mentioned a few others, but I'm going to go all in on my Aussie mate, Jason Day. Benny, there's a good lesson in here for the listeners. And how many times have you guys all done it? We've, we all have, where you bet a player and you put, a, put an outright on him and he doesn't win. He plays pretty well, doesn't seriously contend. And the next week you go, all right, let's move on to some other guys. And you play some other guys just because I don't know why. Because, well, I don't know. I just <laughs> wanted to switch it up and differentiate. Uh, the betting tickets and certainly the players don't know who you're putting your money on. If you like a guy <laughs> one week, there's probably a good reason to like him for a few weeks in a row. And so uh, that's something that I've learned the hard way over the years where uh, you try to jump around and go, okay, it, look, this isn't Little League. This isn't, well, everyone gets a chance to be on the betting card at some point. So we've already used <laughs> you. Now we're going to move on to you. Hey, if you like a guy, don't feel bad about, I, I backed him last week. I'm going to back him this week. and I'm going to back him next week as well, because I think at some point he is ready to pop. Uh, Tony Finau was a great example. I was not on him last week. Yeah. I was on him the week before at Mayakoba. And so I yeah. should have seen one start under your belt, and then you're ready to go. I missed on that last week, Ugh. but we get to the 18th hole and a guy that I was on a little bit during the summer. He had maybe the best season of his career without a victory. One since back in 2013, but he's got three career victories made the tour championship this past season for the first time. Scott Stallings playing some of the best golf of his career. You can find oh, him yep. anywhere from 50 to one to 65 to one in the marketplace. So shop around a little bit on Stallings. He's a guy that had a share of the first round lead on the plantation course last year, open with a 63. He's got some decent results, nothing to write home about at this uh, at this venue, but a guy that's playing, like I said, the best golf of his career and certainly wouldn't surprise anyone if he put it all together and ended 2022 with his fourth career victory. It's quite frankly been way too long since Stallings last win. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks back or even a couple of months back uh, when we were talking about him before that he was one of those guys I just refused to back even though he was showing that he was doing the right things in fact Rob Bolton the, our guru at the tour um, was very gung-ho and, and is gung-ho and Scott Stallings 
uh, making runs. And here I am saying, nah, he's got nothing. Anyway, that cost me a Dodgers cap. I had to send to Rob Bolton that he would make the playoffs <laughs> and make the tour, uh, make it through. Yeah. So I have to tip my hat there and, and say that was one guy that, for whatever reason, and by the way, Finau has been one of those in the past where I've been one of the guys that go, nah, nah, nah. And then he's just burned me the last seven times he's played. So um, sometimes you've got to get rid of um, your little mini biases against guys and just look at the pure numbers. And uh, I think you're onto a potential winner right there. Yeah, so hope so. Good luck to everybody out there. We'll be back. I don't know if Benny knows this yet, but in a few weeks, <laughs> next month for the Hero World Challenge, we're going to do our final part of the year for the Hero, the short field event, Tiger Woods playing in the Bahamas. So we'll be back for that one. We appreciate everyone's support. Throughout the entire year, as always, you can listen to the Links and Locks podcast, proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Wherever you find your favorite podcast, download, subscribe, rate, and listen every week during the golf year. For Ben Everell, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your bets for this week's RSM Classic. Here's hoping you hit the green. <laughs>